back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is episode 26. Today we're grateful for Leroy Lindsay leading our devotion. Leroy gives us a valuable resource in uh, commentating on and annotating uh, the hymn Glorious Savior of My Soul by Charles Charles Wesley. And uh, I have a document that Leroy has shared with me that if you're interested in, uh, we can send to you. But take a listen and enjoy it, and then at the end, I'll let you know how you can get your hands on that document. Here's Leroy Lindsay. God, our Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of meeting together, and though we're in different places uh, across the, the, the globe, perhaps even uh, we know, Lord, that you are with us, and uh, we pray that you would direct our thoughts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I want to uh, do something that I've, uh, I've done before. I want to I return to uh, a, a meditation on uh, one of Charles Wesley's hymns, and uh, we're going to see that it's uh, actually... Uh, what we're what we're doing, or what I would like to do, is is to meditate on the on the scripture behind the hymn. Now I know when when this is on a blog, you won't be able to see the words, uh, but if you have access to the works of John Wesley, uh, in volume seven, pages three hundred thirty seven and three hundred thirty eight, that's where you'll find this hymn, "Glorious Savior of My Soul." Now, I need to admit something uh, today. Uh, this was a this was probably one of the very first that I ever uh, that I studied for the vocabulary that I found in the 19th century holiness movement regarding the radical remedy for sin, and and uh, I did a I did an in depth study on this on on Charles's vocabulary in this hymn, and then I lost it uh, in all the. Uh, the evolution of computers and and programs and everything. So I'm in the process of rebuilding and redoing this study. Uh, but I think I think we'll be able to share enough of it today for our our benefit. Glorious Savior of my soul, I lift it up to thee. Charles starts. Uh, this is an allusion to I believe allusion to Titus two thirteen. And so let me read that scripture, Titus 2, uh, 13. He says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who is this glorious Savior? And what is our, what is our debt to him? I think that's what Charles is going to, to really flesh out in this, in this hymn. Uh, and, and the full extent of his, uh, this opening line. Glorious Savior of my soul, I lifted up. That we're, we're going to see this as we uh, we look at the his vision of the cross, its implications for the true believer who desires to be saved from all sin. And again, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to write this out and and uh, uh, send it into FAS uh, for possible publication or whatever you want to do with it. But uh, to have it as in a in a printed form, I, I really feel like it would be a blessing to a lot of people. Notice what Charles goes on to say: "Thou hast made the sinner whole." W H O L E. 
this is another one of the of the concepts of our tradition that salvation is not just a forensic thing it's not even just a a a, a, a relational thing now i know we we do a lot of emphasis on relation today and and i don't want to denigrate that i don't want to minimize it but at the same time there is a nature that needs to be healed and when we see salvation full salvation in the in the filling of the holy spirit when we see this as uh, the, the the wholeness the the healing of our soul then i could think we can appreciate better the the traditional methodist message he says thou hast made the sinner whole hast set the captive free notice the the combination of the two uh, analogies the uh, healing uh, uh, sin as a sickness and then sin as a as a slavery right he, uh, thou my debt of death has paid thou hast raised me from my fall thou hast an atonement made my savior died for all and let me tell you that last line I, I i chuckle almost every time i read one of one of charles's hymns where he makes a he makes a, 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 a almost a, a a definite statement it's like a a purposeful statement to to undo what what uh, uh calvin had done <laughs> he, he he's an anti-calvinist and and he said this is not you know the biblical thing is jesus died for everyone not just for uh, an elect few Okay, so uh, we can see some uh, allusions here to Psalm 25, uh, Psalm 86, uh, Psalm 143, when, uh, when he's, we're speaking of spiritual worship, there in, the, in that third line, uh, uh, made the sinner whole and has set the captive free. Um, see, we were bound in sin. And when we talk about freedom today, I, I am really, really, uh, I get kind of upset. Uh, sometimes when in our in our churches when we're talking when we sing about freedom the only thing that that i hear anybody talk about is is the freedom to to move around uh when when i when, when we're uh, praising god and that's okay to move around when you're praising praising god but i want to hear about the freedom from sin the freedom from guilt the freedom from shame and uh, we don't hear very much about that um thou hast raised me from my fall uh, not just Adam's fall in sin, but my own, right? When because of obeying the sin nature, and I I committed sin. That's what Charles is saying, and and uh, I I think uh, uh, I think Charles is also in this hymn. I think he's also uh, moving to First uh, Timothy uh, one chapters uh, chapter one verses twelve to fifteen, where where Paul talks about he he being the chief of sinners. And uh, we're going to see uh, what more uh, Charles comes up with here. Verse two, what could my redeemer move to leave his father's breast? Pity drew him from above and would not let him rest. Swift to succor seeking, sinking man, sinking into endless woe. Jesus to our rescue ran and God appeared below. So here we see the original motive for Jesus, for Christ leaving heaven, for his coming to earth to be incarnated, uh, taking on our own human nature into his, you know, Jesus didn't, didn't lose any of his divinity when he became incarnated. I really, I love that idea from, from uh, back from, from Athanasius when he insisted that, that Mary carried God in her womb. And we need to re we need to understand what that really really means, right? 
And so what could my redeemer move to leave his father's breast? Pity drew him from above. And I think this is another anti-Calvinistic uh, line because Calvin had said, no, it wasn't God's love. It wasn't God's pity. It was simply a divine decree. That it, it, it was just a divine decree that, that moved uh, God the Son to, to become incarnate as a human being to, to suffer and die for us. It was simply a, 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 uh, a, almost an impersonal, a judicial, uh, a, a cold, uncaring, uh, uh, unmoved uh, decree. And, and Charles says, no, no, it was his love. It was God's love. God's love was what moved uh, Christ, uh, God the Son, to come. Pity drew him from above and would not let him rest. Now, we're thinking about this, would not let him rest. Ah, yes. When, when, when we read there uh, uh, when in uh, Isaiah 50, verse 7, where it says, I set my face like a flint to do your will. Jesus went to the cross with a determination to carry out uh, the, the Father's will. And uh, he, is, he is swift to, uh, uh, to help us, sinking into endless woe. Jesus to our rescue ran. I love that 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 uh, that word picture there. Uh, think about it uh, as a as a first responder. Jesus is running to our rescue. Uh, a beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, way to think that you know he is our only hope to rescue us from sin. Uh, Matthew one twenty one, and from the consequences of sin, the endless woe, and and God appeared below. Now I know that uh, that many of us uh, kind of. Uh, uh, hold on to the critical uh, text, but I I want to go back to the to the received text for of First uh, Timothy three sixteen. God appeared below, not just He appeared below or the one who appeared below, but God, God appeared, and I, I believe Paul is really saying that God appeared. And so uh, going on to verse three, God in this dark veil of tears, a man of griefs was seen. Can we? Can, can we hear there uh, a reference to Psalm 84, 6, the uh, present life with all its woes, the, the, the veil of tears. Here for three and 30 years, he dwelt with sinful men, uh, kind of uh, identifying with us uh, in his suffering from Isaiah 53, 3, uh, the man of griefs, and then the dwelling with sinful men, kind of a, a, kind of a, a backwards, uh, a, a negative kind of a reference to the, the, his sinlessness. He had to he had to suffer uh, living among sinful men, even though he was sinless. Did they not know the deity? Did they did they own him who he was? We recognize here that own means means recognize or admit or acknowledge, right? Uh, see the friend of sinners. See, yes, he was he was called the friend of sinners in Matthew eleven nineteen, uh, and he hangs on yonder cross. I think. I think Charles is seeing that uh, the, the cross is present to us even today. And when we, when we see it appear uh, in, in a church, when we see it on, even in, in jewelry, when we see it as a symbol, we see, we understand this is where my Savior died. This is where he died for me. And, and uh, Charles is identifying with, with Paul's uh, statement. In, in verse four is where he's, he says, who has done the direful deed, hath crucified my God, curses on his guilty head. 
who spilt that precious blood. Worthy is the wretch to die. Self-condemned, alas, is he. I have sold my Savior. I have nailed him to the tree. Oh, my. This question was expressed by other poets as well, uh, notably a, a, a poem by John Newton, uh, part of which I, I believe that it's a, it's a very long poem, uh, 18th century style, right? And, and um, John, uh, John Newton, uh, just one part of that poem we, have, we know as Amazing Grace. But uh, in evil long I took delight is where I think it starts. Uh, in evil long I took delight. It's also known as in some hymnals, I saw one hanging on a tree. I'm the one. Charles is saying, it was my sin that nailed him there. And I think uh, John Newton picked up on that, on that idea. He says, who, who spilt that precious blood? Worthy is the wretch to die. Self-condemned, alas, is he. I have sold my savior. I have nailed him to the tree. Oh my. Uh, and there's, this is where we see Paul's own confession there in 1 Timothy chapter one, when he says, uh, God, God's grace was great to me because I was, I was the one. I, I, I'm, I'm the chief of sinners. But verse five, look at verse five. <laughs> Yet thy wrath I cannot fear. Now, now I have to confess that sometimes we Methodists don't want to, uh, don't, don't want to, uh, follow the 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 uh, the doctrine of the wrath of god but i think we need to recover that that uh, in this regard i think john wesley was right that there was just a hair's breadth of difference between john calvin and and john wesley uh and so we need to we need to understand that yes there is a wrath god has a wrath and it is thy wrath it's not just the father's wrath it is it is Jesus' own wrath. It is God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that, that, that have, to, have to say that, that there is a wrath that concerning sin because sin is so destructive because sin denies God's own reality, right? But he says, but I, but I cannot fear that because he says, you're the gentle bleeding lamb. Thou gentle bleeding lamb. By thy judgment, I am clear. And notice that, that fourth line. Healed by thy stripes, I am. This is, this is the part of the message that I think we need to simply magnify and just rejoice in, that we are healed spiritually. Our soul is made complete and whole because of what Jesus has done for us and then what he does in us through his Holy Spirit, right? Thou for me a curse was made that I might in thee be blessed. Thou hast my full ransom paid, and in thy wounds I rest. Oh, dear friends, what a blessing. What a scriptural truth this is, a, a treasure trove, a, 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 a chest, a treasure chest of, uh, like we say so many times, almost, almost every line we can see a scriptural allusion uh, in, in the thought of Charles as he, as a poet, is is expressing this uh, wonderful, wonderful hymn, Glorious Savior of My Soul. Oh, my Lord, you are, 
You are the glorious savior of my soul. And I want to simply glorify you in everything I say and do. I want every message to lift you up because you are the only one who can rescue us from sin. We bless your name. Amen. Thank you, Leroy, for that. If you are interested in uh, a copy of Leroy's commentary uh, on Glorious Savior of My Soul, uh, send me an email and I will be glad to forward that over to you. Uh, We're grateful for Leroy making this available uh, and allowing us to, to put it out. So it can be a blessing to you if you would like it. My email address is josh.hallahan at francisasburysociety.com and I'll be sure to put that in the show notes so you can just click there and uh, let me know that you want it. As always, we're grateful for you checking us out. We hope and pray that these are an encouragement to you and we welcome you to share them. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the channel and be ready for more content coming your way. Take care.